Rush is back, hour number two, hanging out at Ortho Central today. New location, serving the Tri-City area here in Newcastle, 300 Northwest, 32nd in Newcastle. Call to set up uh, an appointment, 405-360-6764. They are seeing patients of all ages, toddlers all the way to seniors. And uh, don't forget that Ortho Central does have the Saturday Injury Clinic happening every Saturday through November 12th providing free evaluations for junior high and high school athletes from 8 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. That will be at the Norman and Midwest City locations. Um, there's head football coach Brent Venables uh, talking about, you know, the, the physicality, kind of the toughness factor and, and all of that. Didn't have it on Saturday. Um, what do you expect? What do I expect? You know what to expect? I mean, yeah. I I expect this team to play much better than they did Saturday. Um, I don't know how hot of a take that that is or unpopular of an opinion, but like we normally on Tuesday do our early week feels for the upcoming game. I did my early week feel um, before the show today, and what I have written down, OU as a six-and-a-half-point favorite in this game, I've got uh, OU 34, TCU 27 which I think that score kind of tells it all for what I expect. I expect the OU defense to play better, but it's not going to be perfect, and they're still going to make some mistakes against a group of skilled players that's actually pretty good and an offense that's not going to roll out there and score 50 points but definitely still have its moments and, and, and enough moments to win the game. So yeah. a better performance, a close game, that they figure out how to win. That's my, that's my expectation. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I was thinking about taking the University of Oklahoma as my law. Wow, someone's expecting a big bounce back because Canick's going to play more. That's why you like OU minus the six and a half. Is that it? Yeah, yeah. I I, I understand that. Yeah. Um, well, here's the thing. Um, like if they win, I think it's. I think they probably show up and perform like about like what we would expect, and I think you can not like you're going to just go in there and blow TCU out. I don't think that's the case, but I think they could win, you know, fairly comfortably. And if they don't play well, well, they could lose. And then what's at that point? What's it matter anyways? It's going to be an absolute you know what show the next week so who cares what the pick is you know <laughs> so um i i think they're going to play well and i told you this yesterday uh i was actually talking to coach venables last night off the air about it oh whoa, okay but i having watched the game and saw all the mistakes um like costly errors offensively and defensively um you know, not hitting wide open receivers for really, you know, some of them. I, the, the one to me that was the worst is whenever he had Drake Stoops on the double move for a touchdown, right? And it wasn't even close. Yeah. Um, I stuff like that. The penalties, obviously, defensively, the tackling, the missed assignments. I mean, third and sixteen, and you've got a bust. Um, no spy player. I, I, I don't expect that stuff to be a common occurrence. But all of that considered, as much bad as there was, we still had a, had a chance 
like to win the football game. Hey, and that's you what you told that, him? Like, hey, I rewatched the film. You guys were really bad but still had a chance to win. That's what you told him face-to-face last night? Yeah. What did no, he say? I said, I said I'm, I'm actually, I actually feel better that you guys played so bad and still had a chance to win it. I would feel totally different if you guys put your best effort out there and just couldn't get it done. And he, he said he felt the same way. I, it's, I, it, it was, it was, it was bad enough to where you feel like, well, there's no chance you should have, you don't deserve to win that football game, and you still had a fighting chance down, at, at the end. It's weird to say, but I, do you, do you get the point that I'm making? I with get that? the point that you're making, and I and I do, I, I I agree with the point that you're making, but at the same time, like I look at the offensive numbers and I say, well. Like, they could be misleading a little bit because they were aided by some drives where you were down 14 points late, but the offensive numbers look good, and you didn't turn the ball over four times. On Saturday, you turned the ball over zero times. So, But despite that, what the offensive numbers look like, if you actually watch the game, yes, of course, you would acknowledge that OU did not play well at all. They played really bad, right. actually. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you just – I don't expect them – I don't expect them to continue to make those mistakes. At least I hope they don't make continue to make those mistakes. If they do continue to make those mistakes, they're trouble. We got we got problems. We we got serious problems. So, um, yeah, I think um, I think we'll I think we'll be I think we'll be okay. Now you'll you'll learn everything I think you need to know about this team this weekend. Uh, what their resolve is and kind of. Maybe what the truth is about this defense. And maybe what the truth is going to be about this run game as well, this offensive line. This is kind of a, you know, we, we talked yesterday about this is TCU's chance here, man. They got a new staff. Here's their chance to kind of, you know, put an exclamation point on their first year with the big win at home over Oklahoma. TCU kind of announces like, all right, we're here. Like, we're, we're going to run the new Big 12, just like Tech did, that big win they had against Texas with their new staff last weekend. I think this is a great spot for OU, though, to kind of stamp that. You know, there's a lot of questions about this league and a lot of questions about us, but let's let everyone know that we are not in any way, shape, or form the same squad that they showed last week at home against K-State. It's kind right. of a – it's like a, a almost like a uh, prove-it scenario for OU on Saturday. No, I agree. I agree. Um, I uh, – yeah, I – you you better be playing. You better get right. Like we're saying, this is a, this has been a get right game in the past. It better be again because we know exactly what we're going to get the following weekend. Um, and it doesn't matter to me if Texas beats West Virginia sixty to nothing or if they lose to West Virginia sixty to nothing. We know exactly what we're going to get in Dallas. So you better get right. You better have the proper mindset. You better fix some of those mistakes, put it in the past, and move forward. And, you know, if you don't, uh, you, could, you could set the ball in motion for things to fall apart on you. And I don't think that that's going to happen. Not to uh, change the subject to those guys, but before we hit the text line, I'm just not so convinced that Texas is going to bounce back and win easily over West Virginia. And don't get me wrong, I don't think West Virginia is some great team. I actually think that they're maybe a little bit better than their record is. I don't think they're all that bad, but I, this is a it's a tough spot for Texas, with or without Quinn Ewers. Yeah. I, I just kind of wonder where they're at mentally, coming off their second loss already. 
Yeah. Here's the thing. You know, it's interesting that Kansas beating West Virginia probably in a big way helps West Virginia possibly beat Texas because it's uh, and I know the coaching staff there is not looking past it to to the OU Texas game not not in the slightest but we've seen that the that the players tend to do that right I, it's it's not going to be a big game for them it's not going to have their attention just like Texas Tech didn't have their attention not the way that Alabama did so you know West Virginia oh, they lost to Kansas Kansas isn't that good, and I know it's funny to hear to think that Texas players would think that, but I don't know. the The more the dangerous game for Texas is the team that doesn't get their attention. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. All right, text line, uh, Doug and Norman. Which, when I just say Doug from Norman, do you automatically just get ready for a fight? Once I read that, Doug from Norman says, "You guys are being too cautious." TCU is a good team, but not a great one. I think OU will cover by at least 20 points. Should I be scared to death about Doug from Norman saying OU is going to cover by 20? Or should I feel even better about this game that he says that? I don't know. Well, they're going to cover by 26? Is that what he said, or 20? <laughs> he said uh, the OU, uh, I think OU will cover by at least 20 points. Yeah. So I guess um, 27. Yeah. Well... I, I fully expect them to bounce back, and I just said that I was thinking about taking OU as my lock. I mean, I don't know how that's that's being too cautious. Like, I, I fully expect the team to bounce back, Doug, uh, without feeling like it has totally given away his um, his M.O. on this thing. You know, <laughs> anytime something is happening, totally expect Doug to take the opposite side of the masses, right? And it doesn't matter what it is. Uh, Peyton says, true or false, we should be the more physical team in every game the rest of the season. The next four weeks, we play TCU, Texas, and Kansas and have a bye week before we play Iowa State. By then, we should be more physical than Iowa State like we expected with Kansas State? We should be the more physical team every single week, no matter when the game is, no matter who we're playing, I, that should always be the case. But, you know, it's hard to be physical when you don't know where you're supposed to be. When you don't know where you're supposed to be and you're making mistakes, you get scared of making more more mistakes. Yep. So you're, like, tiptoeing around out on the field and, you know, instead of instead of going in and, and, and slamming a guy and smashing into your gap and controlling someone – you just kind of feeling your way through it. And like, Brent said that God, today. He saw guys that were playing timid and afraid to make a mistake is what he said he saw on Saturday. So, I like, we want to have some big answer as to why that happened on Saturday. Well, they thought that they were too good. Well, they didn't have a great Tuesday practice. This, this, this. I just think it's as simple as they didn't fit run, runs right and they just got whooped up front, man. Like, I, I don't think it has to be some big revealing answer like mentally as to why they lost that game. I just think they got beat up front. It's that simple. I don't think you have to look any deeper than that. I don't know if yeah. that makes it better or not, but I, that's what I think is the, the main culprit. Well, they definitely got beat up front, but I think they got beat up front by 
by inexperience and, and not knowing where they're supposed to be. I, if, if they're locked in and everyone knows exactly where they're supposed to fit, I, the Kansas State is not going to push them off the football and, and, you know, block guys and knock them out of their gap. Like, like the main culprit, like they, they got beat up front. But they got beat up front because of all the mental mistakes that they were making, not because like, they're just not tough or physical. Like They're tough and physical, but when you don't know where you're supposed to be, you I mean, you bring a pillow to, to a gunfight is what happens, and it's just it, it's, it's bad news, as we all saw. I'm concerned about Gabriel's bad throws, but not the ones everyone is talking about. There were times he threw into tight coverage with other guys wide open. There was the third down to Mims in the fourth quarter, and I think it was Willis was trailing that route and wide open at the market. Is that like was market is what you meant to say? I Probably think marker get, at yeah. the at the third down marker. Yeah, I I I've I feel like he does lock on to guys, and I think when he knows where he's going with the football, I, I feel like he delivers it. His percentage is really high. But whenever he has to maybe go to someone else or he he spends a lot of time looking off before he, he switches his hips and goes to the other side, that's, I feel like, whenever he's inaccurate. But, yeah, and I agree that he does, he does lock on to some guys sometimes. And, you know, some of that, I will say, is built in. Like, if, if you like the matchup and – you got your best player on a cover guy that he's been beating all night. A lot of times he'll lock onto that, and that's where he's going with the football. Uh, all right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out at Ortho Central here in the Tri-City area, serving the entire Tri-City area. Uh, they've got all, all different providers coming in. Aaron Smathers, Joshua Wilson, uh, Josie Dean, Chris Travis, uh, Brian Clowers uh, as well are going to be in here. They, they handle this whole area. They have a full range of specialties going on here and remember they do have the saturday injury clinic all through the fall saturday through november 12th providing free evaluations for junior high and high school athletes from 8 to 9 30 in the norman and midwest city offices we'll be back The Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Layman. And as I asked Teddy this question, text line, that means uh, get involved as well. 405-651-3439. Perhaps the biggest story in college football this year is KU off to a 4-0 start and 1-0 start in conference play. If KU beats Iowa State at home this weekend, which they're a slight underdog, I think it's three and a half, Will you acknowledge KU as legitimate Big 12 title contenders? That's to the text line. That's to you. Will you acknowledge uh, them as such? No. Still won't. You I'm, think they need I'm to beat Oklahoma a, to, to, to get that? Well, I mean, come on. They're 4-0. I love what I've seen so far. Jalen Daniels is unbelievable. It's a fun story. Um, but... Let's let's see what happens in Big 12 play. I'm they're, not ready to gonna, crowd them be, Big 12 uh, champs either or real contenders. I just wanted I just wanted to find like out on an island by myself. It's it's still no, KU. No, 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 no. 
and it's still really early. Like we don't have we don't have to declare them there or not right now after four games when they've only played you know one Big Twelve game. I mean we've we've got to see a little bit more for a team that's got like two conference wins over the last decade. So, but they're fun. They're going to be dangerous. All right. Um, this is going to be cool. I'm here with Heather Kuklinski, director of Ortho Central, and I just watched you carry a 300-pound ice chest from here, I guess, out to the front. What's up with that? No one's going to come in here and lend a hand? I, well, I should have done it. I was sitting here doing radio, or I would have helped you. You had an important job, Teddy. That was we impressive. Talking, it was it was important. <laughs> so tell me about we're the a party. Here. Yeah, it's it, which, by the way, it's going to be awesome. 4:30 to 6:30, food drinks some games outside uh you got the ribbon cutting coming up which you guys have been open you were just telling me you opened the doors in april and have had a really good response we we have ortho central has been at this location here in tri-city since about mid-april and to date we have seen uh 1500 patients or more from the communities just an overwhelming response and we are so so grateful we knew that there was a need in this community for additional primary care and some specialty care. We, as Ortho Central, we cover the sidelines and sports medicine for Tuttle and Newcastle schools. So we knew and we were very familiar with the communities and we're excited to be closer, just kind of get closer uh, with primary care and orthopedic and some cardiology services. Yeah, and uh, it's a really cool spot, which you said you've known about this location for a long time and we're happy that, that you guys got it. So, um, Tell me about the the clinic. Like, when do you operate? What are the what are the days of the week? Like, what all doctors are going to be rolling through here? We have orthopedics here five days a week. We are open Monday through Friday. Cardiology is here uh, every other week. Uh, primary care will be joining us in mid November. We're very excited about that. They will also be here five days a week. Uh, very outstanding response uh, from the community already. And which is what we're doing here today, having a tri-chamber open house. So we have chambers from Blanchard and Newcastle and uh, Tuttle joining us for ribbon cutting. Big, big party. So uh, we'd love to have everybody come out and join us. Tell us a little bit more about what's going on. Like, Who all is going to be here? Are the physicians going to be here? We have most of the physicians, our PAs. I saw uh, cardiology just come in a few minutes ago. Uh, very excited. We have uh, some big wigs coming. We have some uh, normal regional executives coming. Uh, we have really the whole crew. We're all very excited for this clinic and, and for Norman Regional to be in this community uh, in an even bigger presence. Yes. Yeah, if, if you're in the area, stop in. Lots of food going to be out there. There's cotton candy. They're going to have a bounce house for the kiddos. And it, my notes say a serious cornhole competition. Is, are you involved in that? Well, absolutely. Orthopedic surgeons, orthopedics in general, we're incredibly competitive. <laughs> if you don't know that, uh, everything to us is a competition. So it, it will be aggressive cornhole, without a doubt. That's awesome. Really cool stuff. That's Heather Kuklinski. She's the director of... Ortho Central. You've got three locations now? We do. Tri-City, Norman, and Midwest City. And, of course, reminder to everybody, we do have our sports injury clinics uh, going on right now in the fall every Saturday. Free evaluation, uh, free uh, casting, free x-ray, things like that. And we uh, would love to see you 8 to 930 if you have a need for uh, evaluation. Awesome stuff. Heather, thank you for stopping by. Really cool. And uh, I'll see you out there on the cornhole boards. Very good, Teddy. I look forward to it. Awesome. All right, there you go. That's uh, that's Heather Kuklinski out here at Ortho Central. Um, Not a lot of people believe in a KU. Uh, this one just says no. Uh, this one does say yes. Quarterback, uh, quarterback is a stud. 
Um, but most of them are saying, like, yeah, not yet with Kansas. I think most people think they got to beat Oklahoma to be in that kind of in that realm. And I, I would agree with that. KU's got a lot more to prove. Um, but yeah. on that, on that, what if I took a uh, little puncher's chance at a Big 12 power pole for you? Could that interest you? Could it? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to see what you can put together um, because I have no idea. I have no how idea to put together either. A Big 12 power I have no idea either, but I tried. Okay. Uh, Baylor won. I did put mm. KU two. I just said that I don't believe them as like uh, a legitimate conference, uh, like a, a championship team, but they are undefeated, and the teams behind them are KU uh, two. OSU three, they still haven't played anybody, man. I don't know if we know a whole lot about them. Kansas State four, OU five, Tech six, TCU seven, Texas eight, Iowa State nine, West Virginia ten. Where'd you have OU? Uh, five? five, yeah. Five, and then, then Tech at six? Uh, yeah, Tech at six, TCU at seven, Texas at eight. Where'd you have Iowa State? I had Iowa State all the way back at number nine. Nine? Yeah. Number nine and someone's got to be had... number nine. I don't like it either. I mean, they did win at Iowa, which I don't know how good of a win that that is, but someone had to be nine, and this week it was Iowa State. Sorry, guys. So, well, that kind of tells you the the whole story. Um, your number nine team in your Big Twelve Power Poll um, just played your number one team to a seven-point tight football game and uh, had opportunities throughout to win or to uh, to take the lead in the second half. You know, that game was 17-14 for, for a big chunk of the football game. So I that's how hard it is to do – and I'm not saying you're right or wrong. That's just how hard it is to do a Big 12 power pull right now. Yeah. Everyone is just kind of – Squished together, well, including your team that's number one in Baylor. It's and, and this will drastically change from week to week. But I, I normally like to make fun of the Pac-12 around this time of the year, saying, huh, we're not even no. October yet, and the Pac-12 is already eliminated from the college football playoff race. The Big 12 isn't totally eliminated from the college football playoff race, but this feels as like as dire of a spot that they've been in in recent years uh, at the end of September. Baylor's already got a loss. K-State's already got a loss. OU's got a loss. Well, Texas hasn't mattered in the past decade, but they've got two losses. Like, OSU is the only undefeated team outside KU, and both of those teams would have to go undefeated, which I don't see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't see it happening either. We'll just we'll just watch it play out. I, You know, we've got, what, Baylor, Kansas State, Oklahoma, Iowa State, all have one loss, and I guess Texas, if we're talking about Big 12, Texas just has the one loss too. So uh, you can say that everyone's really in the fight. Um, you know, I I still think the, that it's going to thin out pretty quickly. I'm interested to see what Oklahoma State has. I, I feel Saturday will tell you, I know man. more about everyone than I do Oklahoma State, and – I don't know if it's a good thing for them that they've had the schedule leading up to to Baylor that they have, or a bad thing uh, if if they don't know really what they have themselves uh, before they play what's now a already really tested Baylor football team. 
I really like Baylor in that game. And the like how much I like Baylor in that game really scares me because I think the line's only like two, two and a half at this point. And two like and I, I feel like I'm gonna throw out that Baylor minus two and a half is my lock of the week. Because mm. you're right, like if they had better special teams, just a little bit better special teams, they're undefeated team right now. I thought they played really well at Iowa State and kind of took took you know grasp of that game early on in Ames. That, that was that was a really that was a nice win for Baylor. At this point, I think they're the better team, but we don't know anything about Oklahoma State and the other yeah. team outside of OSU that we don't know a whole lot about is the team that OU's facing this weekend. Like you yeah. might have a decent idea of what TCU is. And you know what they want to do on both sides, but how good TCU truly is, that's still a bit of a mystery. You know what's funny? I was looking at the um, like just some of the passing statistics, and when I was looking at quarterback rating, do you know who the number one quarter-rated quarter, uh, quarterback in college football is right now? It has to be Duggan, because I think Brent Vittables mentioned that today. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. he said He's Dugan. He said Dugan the first time, and then he said Duggan like two and a half minutes later. I'm like, oh, nice, yeah. nice job. He's got. He's completing seventy-seven percent of his passes. He's got eight touchdowns, no interceptions. We know. Um, we know what he adds in the rushing game. He's you know. He doesn't have a lot so far this year in the running game, but we know that he's dangerous and a good athlete. So. Yeah, going to be tough. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out here at Ortho Central. New location serving the Tri-City area, and they're about to get underway. they got a ribbon cutting and a, a fun little uh, get-together going on here from 4.30, 6.30. Food, beverages, uh, some games, bouncy house for the kiddos. Stop by if you're in the area. We'll be back. Oh, man. First thing that caught my eye, unfortunately, was Sterling Shepard yeah, last night. Stinks. Sources are saying it is a torn ACL. Uh, he's been banged up. He had the Achilles injury, now tears the ACL. Frustrating for him. He's been well compensated, though, so um, he's got that going for him. Going to be interesting to see see how he approaches this thing you know it's been seems like it's been a, a, a long tough road for him but he's got a good contract hopefully he uh surgery goes well and he's able to bounce back yeah hopefully so because um, he's one of the all-time great guys man i mean he's, yeah. he's seemingly always done it the right way he's just a good dude and it's brought up the discussion of turf versus natural grass should the entire league all have natural grass um that that debate will yeah that debate will roll on now for I'm sure several days and that's one thing that you can never change at Owen Field like you can do alternate uniforms and people hate it and complain don't ever go from natural grass to turf don't go back yeah yeah people can can throw that debate out there all they want but it ain't happening right the the turf unfortunately is here to stay so. And the problem is the turf is good and, you know, it's good enough to where I don't know that there's any big push to make any part of it any better. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? I agree. Um, and the other thing is Miles Garrett wrecked his Porsche, one car wreck, 3 p.m. in the afternoon, 
went off the side of the road, flipped over. Um, it was him and someone else in the car taken to the hospital, but I guess he's okay. Um, no impairment by drugs or alcohol, but how do you, how do you, like, I don't know, one car wreck? What did he say? I think flipping? he said the day that he was uh, swerving to try and not hit an animal that was on the road, which apparently oh. he succeeded in doing, but. Yeah, is that a situation where they, like, check your phone and uh, check to see if any texts have happened or phone calls? I, I mean, I'm not, like, speculating. I'm just wondering, like, what the, the next sequence of events is when you have a one-car accident like that. I don't know. I'll tell you this, though. You never swerve to miss an animal unless usually you're in a Porsche. Like, it's typically okay to swerve. That's what it's made to do. <laughs> you know? Yeah. He, but, and he's got a point of broken wrist, right? He's going to be out for some time. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad it wasn't anything super serious, though. And uh, speaking of being out for some time, Mac Jones, man, looks like he's going to miss uh, uh, quite a few games. Severe high ankle sprain. My Patriots are in trouble. They're in trouble, and I've heard some people theorize that, you know, this is going to be such a tough year for the Pats, and this was before Mac Jones, that there's some out there that think that this is going to be Belichick's last year at New England. Not that he's going to get fired. I don't think that that would ever happen. But, you know, maybe he takes a year off and comes back and gets another job, but the Patriots don't look like they're all that close, man, to, to winning another Super Bowl. Yeah, no, I agree. That's all I got. Um, On this day today in 1998, uh, Mm. Phil Ozerski, he was a fan making $30,000 a year. He attended a St. Louis Cardinals game and caught Mark McGuire's 70th home run ball. $30,000 a year is how much he was making in 1998. The Cardinals said, hey, we'll give you a ball. And a signed bat. Well, we'll give you a uh, signed bat, ball, and jersey in exchange for the home run ball. He said, uh, "Hey, I'm willing to make a deal. If you throw all that stuff in, just a signed bat, ball, and jersey, I also want to meet Mark McGuire, and we can make this deal happen." McGuire said no. Uh, Phil backed out of the deal, and three months later, he sold the ball for three million dollars. All because McGuire said, no, I don't want to have to meet this guy. That is so amazing. Um, why, he's got to thank Mark McGuire for, yes, for being a jerk. $3 million? Oh, my God, yes, he does. And all he was going to get is a signed bat, ball, and jersey, and a picture with Big Mac. Mm, that is awesome. Sometimes things just have a tendency to work out for the better. Amazing. Good for him, man. I hope he's still living large today. Uh, Jerry Palm, he had OU in the college football playoff a week ago. Obviously, he's booted the Sooners out of the four-team playoff. He currently has your two favorite teams, OU and Tennessee, playing in the Sugar Bowl in his bowl game projections. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, it would. I'd be down with that. They would bring a lot of fans to that. Tennessee would. That's the biggest bowl game they would play in in, God, 20 years probably. You know, it's so interesting. I guess you got to take Oklahoma out of, like, if you're doing a playoff projection right now. I guess I don't – I mean, they lost to Kansas State. But, you know, probably at least two, maybe three, 
maybe all of the teams are going to have at least one loss. So I guess you've changed your mind that quickly on them. I guess I can't really knock you on that, but it's not like it's not as if they've lost a game and they they can't make the college football playoff now. Who'd he put in instead? Uh, I think he put Clemson in instead. I think that's who he had. <laughs> Which man, they've been close. Well, yeah, not close a couple times, but like, they were close on Saturday to losing that game at Wake. They may lose that it in, is, against NC State on Saturday. Yeah, that that is just a like I'll take Oklahoma out because they lost, but I don't. I mean, I guess I'll just put Clemson in there. Right. So, yeah. I guess you can't really knock it. you got to win football games if you want people to to have you pick to, to finish in the, in the Final Four. This is from the Twitter page of former Longhorn Rod Babers. He does some uh, radio now in Austin. Says Texas is 7-9 and nine under Steve Sarkeesian. They held a halftime lead in five of those nine losses. They held a fourth-quarter lead in five of those nine losses. They had double-digit lead in four of those nine losses. Texas is winning the battle of game plan and preparation, but losing the battle of adjustments. What say you? I I think they're just losing. <laughs> the, 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 adjustment, the adjustment thing is like the most overblown. I... It, it's it's just it's overblown. If you're winning, if you're winning the entire preparation, I, it's, it just doesn't make any sense. If you win the preparation, and some things happen in a game, you think they're saying, "Oh, we don't know what to do now." I, plan A's gone. Like we're 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 screwed. No, every single team is adjusting nonstop. Sometimes you can get it done. Other times you can't get it done. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any, like, they don't know how to make adjustments built in there, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, last one I had, and I forget which national media member it was, but Georgia Tech fired uh, Jeff Collins, their head coach, and they yeah. fired their AD a couple of days ago. And, man, we always get that. When a coach is initially hired or leaves for another job, hey, here's 15 names to look out for for this next job opening. Which it seems like none of those never th- those names are ever hired, but whoever put out like the fifteen names to watch for for the next Georgia Tech AD, Zach Selman, who is currently at OU, was listed on there, and I wanted to respond and say, yeah, um, hate to tell you, Zach Selman ain't going to be the next AD at Georgia Tech. He's going to be the next yeah. AD at OU when, when whenever that day comes. Yeah, you sure that he's not going to go get some? On the job experience, I feel pretty good about that. Yeah, I feel pretty good about yeah. that. Uh, I, if I had to guess right now, I think Deion Sanders gets that Georgia Tech job. Woo, dude! You bring some flash to Atlanta and Georgia mm-hmm. Tech. Oh, buddy! Wow, because yeah. they, um, you know, Georgia Tech for how rich their recruiting area is around them, they have some bad football teams, right? That is a mm-hmm. hire that could combat that real quick. I know, I know, and he, he, I laughed it off whenever he first wanted to be a head coach or whatever, and I feel like he's done a really good job. From what I've seen now, I don't know, I don't know all the ins and outs of the situation, but seems like he does pretty good there. That's that's who I think they're going to go with. 
<laughs> someone's going to take a chance on him. Like, someone yeah. is going to. And it might as well be Georgia Tech. Like, what do they have to lose at this point? Other than no to doubt. Georgia every single year, both on the field and recruiting. Yep. No doubt. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We will wrap up our number two next. Stay Home of Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, keep those texts coming, 405-651-3439. I know you have a special guest this segment, but before you get to that, uh, letter grade when In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins was played at the end of the third quarter. I give it a B-, minus. could have been a lot better if OU was winning the game or had a ton of momentum at that point. I don't think it matters what they would have played when you're losing a game, you've played like crap up to that point. Uh, everyone's anxious, nervous, angry. Uh, maybe they should have played like some Slipknot or something Ooh, so people could get yeah. the frustration out. I, I, I don't know. Huh? I, yeah, I think it's – I'll give it a B-plus, too. There, was, there wasn't going to be a, a good song at that point. And as we're finding out, it's difficult to please the masses. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. All right, I'm here with uh, Dr. Brian Clowers, foot and ankle specialist here at Ortho Central. Uh, they got the new location out here in Newcastle, serving the Tri City area. Uh, Doc, this is a this is a really cool area here, and I know it's it's been a success so far. Yeah, we're excited to be down here. Um, it's it's always good for us to kind of branch out and find some some new areas where we can. Uh, you know, try to reach more people, and so it's been uh, it's been great. Uh, everybody's been real hospitable, and we're we're excited to be here. Yeah, we were chatting over the break about the the Liz Frank injury, which definitely falls under your expertise, and I think folks around here know that pretty well. Oklahoma City Thunder uh, first round draft pick Chet Holmgren got that, and uh, it's a bad injury to begin with for a seven footer. I you know <laughs> that's a giant foot. It's got to be maybe even a little bit worse. Yeah, it, it all depends on the severity of the injury. It, it's a tough one to bounce back from, but uh, you know the the good news is is they 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 found it quick. They got on it early, and and hopefully with all the rehabilitation capacity they have for him, he's gonna he's gonna be able to come back from it. But uh, but you're right, it can be a long recovery. Tell us a little bit more about that injury and why is it so difficult to come back from and. Why is the surgery so? I mean, it's it's a tough surgery. Yeah, you're you're dealing with um, very small bones uh, and multiple joints that make up kind of the bony arch of your of your midfoot. And so, for somebody, you know, basketball player who's doing a lot of explosive push off maneuvers and needs their foot to be able to you know cut and be agile, um, those joints need to be working the right way, or it's going to be difficult. Um, the surgery also. You're asking ligaments to heal, which takes a little bit of time. Um, it's in a kind of a skin and bone area of the foot, so it doesn't tolerate swelling and inflammation very easily. Uh, you've got to protect it for a while, so there's a lot of deconditioning and stiffness that gets generated, so the rehab process is long. So it's it can be a tough injury to bounce back from, but, um, you, you know, once again, I think um, the, the capabilities and the advances in rehabilitation make it a lot more, easier for folks to come back from it now than say you know 10 20 years ago yeah that's whenever i had it and <laughs> you know just whenever you said like like bouncing back i was off of it for so long and i lived in i lived in michigan and i had this house and we had hardwood floors we i had hardwood floors and whenever i finally was able to take all the stuff off and put some foot or some weight on my foot 
no padding on the bottom of my foot. Right. It was all gone, and right. I just had this bony thing that was hitting those wood floors. It was terrible. It can be uh, it can be pretty crazy. You know, you think, gosh, I've been walking for all these years in my life, and, oh, just a few weeks, and it's going to be okay. I'll bounce back. But it doesn't take long for things to decondition and get stiff, and it just takes a while to get back from it. What are some of the other things that, that you see? I mean, that's a that's a serious surgery, and we're, we're witnessing it right now with Chet Holmgren, but it's not that common. What are some of the more common issues that you deal with? Yeah, we deal with a lot of um, more attritional injuries, you know, folks who get tendonitis, inflammation just from overuse and things like that. You also see other bony injuries and joint injuries uh, associated with athletic activity. You know, the, that foot and ankle is pretty exposed during most of the, you know, football, basketball, those kind of higher impact sports. So um, you, you can see all, all sorts of injuries related to those joints. Yep, that's Dr. Brian Clowers. He's going to be serving this this new clinic that they have in newcastle serving the tri-city area uh fantastic and we're hanging out here come see us today between 4 30 and 6 30 we got food beverages bouncy house for the kiddos we'll be back